a reading from the book of Acts. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen a vision. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. So I did a Google search. And the name Saul is ranked 953 on the list of popular baby names so far in 2022. Paul is 253, so this conversion is good. He's moving up on the list. And Ananias was 1,153. 
And before you feel too badly for him, Beth was ranked 1,253. <laughs> now, my Bible says this story is the conversion of Saul, but I'm wondering somehow today if we should be a part of renaming it. Saul was known as a persecutor of the Christians, and through this miracle story on the road to Damascus that Allison just read to us, he is called to switch directions and now becomes the Apostle Paul, known for spreading the gospel to new ends of the earth. Paul himself is credited for writing a good chunk of the books in the New Testament. But it is not Paul I am taken with today. It's Ananias. He is a disciple we hear in Damascus, living his life, doing his thing, and he gets a nudge from God in a vision. Go find Saul and bless him. My spirit will be made known in your connection. You are a part of his story. Ananias responds, no thanks, God. Paul is scary and clearly not one of us. I'm not available for this volunteer shift. Anything else I can help with? And then God speaks a little bit more clearly. Saul will be an instrument for me. Oh, Ananias says, and he goes. And he walks into a room on State Street with this real evil man who is slumped on the floor, blinded by this whole experience. And Ananias greets him as brother, as part of the family. And his shaking hands are laid on him, trusting that through his presence and his human hands, the Holy Spirit, the one that has been promised to guide this darn world now that Jesus has died and been resurrected, will come. And we hear in the story that something did happen. Paul is given his sight back, now seeing a new way. He eats and he begins proclaiming Jesus. God did not keep this conversion, this new call between God and Saul. He let others in. And so Saul's conversion becomes Ananias' conversion, although we don't know Ananias as well. But for that day, he entered God's unfolding story. And I don't think it's coincidence that this is how the Holy Spirit was revealed through another. Martin Luther, the founder of our Lutheran faith, in an article writes about mutual conversation and consolation of the brothers and sisters. And Luther writes that this is the daily encounters and interactions and mutual sharings with each other. This is where the gospel happens, where the grace-filled good news of our forgiveness is spoken and experiences in our relationships with other people, both known and unknown. And it can happen at home, at work, at school, at play, at church, in your neighborhood, or in these random chance encounters like we heard today. In fact, 
Luther almost made mutual conversation and consolation a third sacrament because Luther knew how essential it is to have people walking alongside of us in this life, caring and speaking truth and accompanying and participating in faith practices, in bearing burdens, in asking hard questions, in praying, in entering each other's stories, in stepping out into places that are so unfamiliar. God's grace is most certainly given at baptism and holy communion, but also in the in-between places. And so God calls us to be bearers of this, to extend this grace, and to be receivers of it from others. God chooses to dwell right there using broken, beautiful people as instruments of God's grace. And so I'm going to pause here and walk away from the pulpit. I have heard stories from you on how this takes place. It can't just be something that Martin Luther thinks about. It has to be something we experienced. And so I'm inviting you right now, unprompted, to think about a time where this has actually happened to you, where you have given something to someone or entered their story or have said, yes, I will do that. And what happened in that moment is not only did you have something to give, but you also had something to receive. So I know this is last minute, but can anyone think of a situation where that has been real and present in your own life? And I ask you just to raise your hand and speak it. Yeah, Beth. So uh, Beth and Jason McGrew-King are foster parents, and Beth just shared that as these um, children who are entering um, the fostering system find Beth and Jason, that Beth and Jason give and nurture and love these little ones, but they are also so transformed by that love. That is mutual conversation and consolation, and it's happening in your house. And it's happening through a county system to somehow place kids with families. Thank you, Beth. Deb. So for those of you online, Deb Bergstrand just shared that um, she has elderly neighbors and um, who are kind of in a spot where there's need, and Deb has shown up to offer care to them, but has also received abundantly this sense of gratitude, um, and for them to offer something to Deb, that mutuality of what that means. Um, so as she gives, she's been fortified along the way. 
That is mutual conversation and consolation right there. Yeah, Sharon. So made, so here's May Day, and Sharon's talking. This was probably a little ways back, when you were a young girl, and you would give and bring a May basket to your neighbor, and not only did you give of this May basket, but the neighbor um, gave back in the form of candy um, to Sharon, and um, maybe that was an early example of what that means—that when you give, you also receive. Kathy. So here's a story of mutual conversation and consolation happening at Mark's work. Having a coworker um, who is single and Mark and Kathy inviting her to be a part of their family events. And now as Caroline gets married next week, uh, she will be a part of their family pictures. The giving and the receiving, Holy Spirit, the ongoing story. How about one more? Barb. So Barb said yes uh, to going to New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina, where Mount Olivet was part of Camp Noah, which is like a vacation Bible school for kids who have been experienced trauma. And Barb said um, showing up there with children that she had never met before um, and teaching and giving of what she had in that time, but just what she received from those children that she actually felt the Holy Spirit. So there it is in New Orleans. And Barb, you had to say yes to go in order to receive that. Dawn, I saw your hand too. And so Dawn is talking about um, being with a friend who went through chemotherapy and Dawn saying that she was infused with this abundant life in the midst of her friend going through treatment for cancer. Um, as chemicals were put into her body for her healing, Dawn received her healing at a hospital somewhere. So I can sense in this community that you know what I'm talking about and that it's not so much an announcement that gets made about 
Here's the places where we as staff think you should show up. This is about us being open to where we're being called and taking that next step to go and show up there trusting that God will be here as well. And so here at Mount Olivet, we have a hunch that this new life, that this future ahead in the Holy Spirit will be revealed in the exact places that you have articulated today by connecting ourselves to each other. And it's holy work that moves us from some obligation to volunteer to actually knowing that we're part of the story. And what we hear today is that Ananias was an extension of God's grace, and by showing up, he entered Saul's story and helped him emerge into a new call, which led to the gospel being shared to the ends of the earth. And what Paul realized that day is that he could not do this on his own. He needed to be dependent on others. And if you think about it, this mutual conversation and consolation is peppered throughout the Bible. I mean, just go back and think of all the stories that it was through another that God's grace was revealed, that faith was nurtured, that people could hold on for one more day. Job and his three friends, Nathan and David, the widow and Elijah, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, Mary and Elizabeth, Jesus and the Samaritan woman, Naomi and Ruth, the women at the tomb, the road to Emmaus. The focus and call of this life is not to make it on our own. And the world tells us just this, but God says, live it together. And this mutual conversation and consolation can happen in relationships that we have tended for a long time, and it also can happen with relationships along the way. The Holy Spirit is wispy like this, moving and leading and guiding and always promising to be present to connect us with God and each other. And so we'll focus here at Mount Olivet to connect and reconnect to invest in this sacred work of mutual conversation and consolation. And it was a primary focus of our interviews with Pastor Kristen. And so she's called among us and has great gifts to lead us to create this opportunity for us to show up with each other and for our community. What we will find is the place where you say yes to giving is the place where you will also receive She's going to have a listening session on May 18th and other conversations as well to talk about what this can look like and what this can be. This mutuality is that juicy middle of the Venn diagram, the intersection of ourselves and God and others, where we experience this marvel and mystery of a God who is revealed along the way. As we listen to the stories in the book of Acts, we will hear about the daily, the spirit moving and connecting people. It is not well planned or precise, but it is how God's story continues to come person by person. We will also hear in every story that the way to connect through God is to pray. And so we will pray about that today. And I'm giving you a little heads up in our prayer time. I'm inviting all of us to speak together the name of someone, and it can be a person or an organization, someone 
that has impacted your life of faith. And we will pray for them and give thanks for them getting involved, for investing in you. And then we will pray for someone, a person or an organization, where you are feeling called to show up. It doesn't need to happen in a vision like Ananias. Maybe it's something that you're curious about or an invitation or something that you just feel called to. We will pray and have you name that person or organization and we'll pray for the next step, where you are being called and how this will continue to be a part of God's unfolding story. Hear the good news today. We get to be a part of each other's stories. And God promises to be revealed, to bring abundant life as we do this. So go be an Ananias. Thanks be to God.